Hi, we're pretty pumped. So tell me why. Today is the official day of our lunch on Apple Podcasts. So today is the 4th of February, mm-hmm. and we published our first two episodes. Yes. And so. so we will be continuing to publish an episode every week. Yes. So by the time you guys hear this, it should have been out for about a week. So. But, well, actually for two weeks, because we still have one oh, that we have right. not yeah, published next week yet. still. Okay. So mm-hmm. two weeks from now, I guess we'll hear from you, maybe. <laughs> But in any case, it was a really big day. We've been working toward this for a while, and our whole thing just started out as kind of a, hey, wouldn't it be kind of fun to try this? Yeah, just a little hobby. And I think we're getting more comfortable with it. I Mm -hmm. think that we're getting to be better at the... Typing? Research? (laughs) I think we're... You guys can't see it. We're playing charades right now. (laughs) So anyway, I feel like it's our big day and I'm very excited that we got that published. Yep. And it was kind of harder than we thought. Yeah, we thought it'd be like a five minute process. No, guys, take an hour (laughs) if you're going to do your The worst part of the whole process was trying to get the damn picture And you would think that'd be the easiest portion of the whole thing. It's not like we had to go take a new picture. We already have it. require a picture that is 3,000. Thousand pixel square. Yeah. And then the thumbnail that they use is about an inch wide. Mm-hmm. So why? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an adventure. But alas, we have made it. Not We're alas. Here. Alas? Alas is like, oh, sadly. Alas, we finally made it. <laughs> All right. Today, we used my cat translating app on <laughs> the meows from our lovely producer, Puss. And apparently her meow in the beginning of every episode does translate roughly to it's nice to see you. So we thought that was fitting (laughs) to welcome you every week. Our intro and our outro is our cat saying, nice to see you. Nice Nice to to see see you. you. What do you have this week? This week I have another kind of older one, but I do have some recent updates. Define older. Older as in before you were born. What? Yeah. Yeah. So like years. Caveman (laughs) times. All right. BCE. BCE. Before common era. All right. All right. Anyway, back to... (laughs) Okay. So my story starts out with a young teenage couple. Their names were Patricia Kalitsky, who Mm. was 16 years old. Okay. And Lloyd Dwayne Bogle. Yeah. So she was 16, he was 18 at the time. Patricia was a junior at Great Falls High School in Montana. And Dwayne was actually from Waco, Texas, but he had joined the Air Force and was recently stationed at a base in Great Falls called the Malmstrom Air Force Base. I was wondering how they may have met up. Yes. So she was in high school, but they're only two years apart. Not that weird. Especially at the time. She's jailbait. Well, it's not that weird. It's... (laughs) All right, go on. All right. They met when he was stationed into the same city as her, and there was no record of how long they had been dating. I assume not that long, because if she was like 15 and he was 17, I feel like that'd be a little stranger, especially if he's already in the Air Force. <laughs> like, well, back in the... Well, this takes place in the 50s, so like yeah, it wasn't... Back in the mid-century, mm-hmm. there, it was common that... Oh, yeah. That... 17-year-olds were were joining up to the military. And I don't know if there was a waiting period before they could actually go to the front line or anything. There probably was, but they could join up at 17, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. With all that said, it's hard to say because I couldn't really... I did... That's literally the most I could find about their entire background. So I don't even know their birthdays or anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. as far as we know... They were never born. They were never born. This never happened. I'm lying to you all. (laughs) (laughs) Your stories are getting very creative. Yeah, I'm trying. (laughs) All right. So no matter what, however long they've been dating each other, 
On January 2nd, 1956, they went on a date together. The last time that they were seen, they were both together in his car. Oh, God. This is not sounding very good. No, it never ends well, does it? Okay, so the last time they were seen together. Last time they were seen together was in his vehicle. They were at a drive-in restaurant, and they that was just about after 9 o'clock that evening. And then they decided to go park at a lover's lane, which was near Wadsworth Park, which apparently they lived in Great Falls, but it was like west of Great okay. Falls. So then they went to park, and that's the last any of their family heard. And they both, like, she lived with her family. I think he just lived on the base. But her family didn't hear from her the entire next day and everything. And they just kind of figured they've been together kind of a while. They're getting to that age. Maybe they just eloped and we'll hear from her in the next couple of days. Maybe they just eloped. That's what the, that's literally what all the family members said. Is like, we thought they just ran off and we would hear from her in the next couple of days saying, we got married. But it was the times, you know? But you would think that they would have said, we're thinking about getting married at least. Not just... Well, maybe they had. Maybe. Like I said, there was not a lot about before all this went down. Okay. Like, so maybe they had, and that just was the type of person she was. I don't know. All right. <laughs> However, the next day, three boys hiking near a river that went through that park found Dwayne's car. His first name is Lloyd, but they mostly refer to him as Dwayne, so I'm just going to call him Dwayne. They found Dwayne's car still running where he had parked the night before with the lights and the radio still playing it on. Wow. Yeah. They then discovered his body face down next to it. Oh he God. had been bound with his own belt with both arms behind his back. And shot in the back of the head, execution style. Yes. Patricia was, however, nowhere to be seen, which is never good in a story like this, because kill the boyfriend and take the girl is never a good sign. Who is this making me think of? I feel like when I read it, it reminded me of that movie that we watched. I don't remember what serial killer it was, but that literally happened in a movie where they were just having a picnic by their car. Yeah. And and you walked up and... I should be able to... I can't remember. I couldn't either. I was trying to think, but I feel like this situation happened so often in these older stories where it's just... Because they weren't very creative. They weren't very creative and nobody back then was thinking somebody's going to walk up to the car with a gun and kill us both. I mean, not that I'm saying, you know, modern killers are somehow superior because that's not... It's like they go out of their way now to but figure the, out also horrible think, ways to do things to people. The police back then also were very limited. So even if... You could leave whatever you wanted at the scene and nobody would ever know it was you. Well, so God, it was like 1930 before they were using fingerprints. I know. It? So like... <laughs> So at this time, it was really hard to find anything like that. We just found Dwayne. Nobody has heard from Patricia. Nobody knows where she is. There's not a trace. All of Dwayne's belongings were still on him or in his car. So it was not a robbery. That was very clear. I think it was the Zodiac. You do? Oh, the... Oh, I yeah, you're right. You it was the Zodiac of. movie that we watched. Um, yeah, I think it was the Zodiac. I think I didn't remember that because I fell asleep. So it was... <laughs> yeah, you call yourself a true crime aficionado. <laughs> so I was just saying they found him. It was obviously not a robbery because all of his stuff was still there and Patricia was still missing. However, the next day... Patricia, her body was found on kind of off the road, just like thrown into a drainage ditch. She was found by a road worker who found her dumped off of a gravel road. She had been raped and also shot in the back of her head. Was she bound She was not bound. She was... They said there were a lot of different injuries on her body from her trying to get away. So you could tell she fought back. How far away was she from him? They said Great Falls is the center of all of this. He is at a park... 
to the west of Great Falls, yeah. and her body was found north of Great Falls. So they oh, traveled. Oh, so she was a long ways away. Kind of a couple miles. Okay. Not like it might have been like northwest, but you know what I mean. But he didn't just drag her down the. She wasn't just up the road. She okay. was like a while away, like another city over. Okay. Once we picked up from that, the police were stumped. They looked into nearly three dozen suspects, including people around these two. They had no enemies. They were both really popular. They never had any run-ins with the law or anything like that. They just couldn't figure out who would do this. And so they started thinking maybe this is just somebody randomly saw them and decided to do this, like a serial offender, possibly. Like the Zodiac. Like the Zodiac killer. At one point, they even, fun fact, James Whitey Bulger, the gangster, happened to be in this area at that time and even five years earlier was convicted of rape in Great Falls. Wow, okay. So they were like, could be him. So they started looking really hard into him, but every single person came back completely cleared and they could not ever find anything out about anybody near them. Couldn't connect to anyone. Not a single thing. Nobody close to them, nobody that lived around them, nothing. That case actually went completely cold until 1988. So it all happened 1956. 1988, Detective Phil Madison was put onto the case and... So it was still active 32 years later? It was a cold case at this point. But there was still looking he was at the, it. He was the cold case investigator. So I think he got, okay. he moved up into the field and he put was put on the cold case force. And then he said, well, nobody's looked into this since 1956. So let's yeah. go ahead and see what we can do now. Right. Because around the 80s, about the time, like, DNA started coming into Yeah, limited, but it was there. Yeah, so they could at least tell if blood types and stuff were different at the scene. Mm-hmm. He was put on the case in 1988. However, there was nothing he could do. Like, all of the stuff, nothing was coming back with even DNA evidence they could use, stuff like that. So finally, in 2001, as kind of like right before he was retiring from being a detective he sent like a hail mary last ditch effort and he had the final vaginal swab from patricia's autopsy sent to montana state crime lab and during that a technician found a single sperm cell that did not belong to her boyfriend wow isn't that cool like that's amazing it's miraculous that they found out one sperm cell really Gee. It kind of gave him new hopes, but unfortunately that at the time was all that technology could determine was that it definitely was not her boyfriend. Madison later retired, still not able to solve the crime, unfortunately. However, in 2012, another detective was put on the case, John Cadner, and he started digging into this like it was his number one case. He was gonna solve this. And he kind of was at the same stand so every single detective before him had been at where there's just nothing else we can do here. Until in 2018, when everyone's favorite dumbass, <laughs> Joseph D'Angelo, was caught using familial, familial DNA. G- DNA. So this kind of gave John Cadner a little bit of hope, and he decided to go back to that sperm. Wow. Go and Cadner, submit go. it, yes. And he teamed up with the people at Bode Technology, submitting the semen collected from Patricia, and they found using, I don't know if it was Ancestry.com, if it was 23andMe, which one it was, mm-hmm. but they used some kind of the exact same way they caught D'Angelo wow. to connect him, and three people popped up as familial matches. Wow. Pretty good. 
And they were, I believe two of them were in the area. As family to him. Right. But yeah, so three people came back with familial matches to the suspect. During this, they started looking into the people and only two of them lived in the area at any time during this. Okay. One of which was a man named Kenneth Gold's daughter. Spoiler alert, it's Kenneth Gold. (laughs) We're going to get to that. They looked into this girl and realized that when she was two months old, which was two... So Kenneth Gold's daughter's DNA is one of the hits that they got. Yes. They found her. She had submitted it to like Ancestry or whatever. Okay, gotcha. And so she was actually at the time that this occurred only two months old. All right. And one month later, her dad for some reason came home and sold the family farm Mm -hmm. and uprooted her and her mom right on up out of there. And they moved to a different state. He yeeted them right out of town. He yeeted them right out of town. And she never really knew why. But she was like, okay, so. I bet I know why. Yeah. So looking into him, they discover all that, and that he had been 29, married with a two-month-old daughter at the time of the crime, and worked only a few blocks away from Patricia, deceased from this. He, at the time, was not looked into. He had no criminal history. Again, like I said, a month after the murders, he moved the whole family out of state, and they just kept bouncing around until they eventually ended up in Missouri. And then on 5-31-2007, at the age of 79, he died and was cremated. Oh, great. So the only way we have to find out if he was the one who did it or not was his okay. his daughter. With ya. Who is now no longer two months old. Um <laughs> Significantly more than two months old now. So Detective Cadner contacted the daughter of Gold, asking her for DNA, and he was said he was really nervous because, like, how do you respond to that? She could be really pissed. She could be like, sure. But he said, this is a quote from Cadner about that interaction with her. She was pretty matter-of-fact about it. She really couldn't dispute that her DNA matched the suspect's sample. Basically what she said was, sometimes you just don't know everybody's secrets. And that was that. Well, and she had, if she didn't give it, then Mm -hmm. it would look like she thinks that her dad's guilty. No matter what. And if she does give it, and by some fluke, the original testing had been garbled, Mm -hmm. and, and her dad was cleared from this, then that's... A good thing for her. I would want to know if I were I her. I would want to know. I mean, he's dead. He's not gonna be mad at you. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Like, if my dad's a murderer, and I, it's, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, there's I'm... no reason not to at this point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my dad's not a murderer because he's a really, really sweet person. <laughs> so after all of this, they did prove that in fact the sperm sample did come from Kenneth Gold. Unfortunately, because he is dead and he can't be tried, there's nothing we can really do. They can't even say for certain that he. Did did it, the authorities can only say that he is the most likely suspect. So after 65 years since the crime, this just happened in June 2021, that they got all of those samples and everything back. <laughs> it is the oldest U.S. case solved using genetic genealogy thus far. Wow. So I just wanted to end my story on a really good quote from an article I heard that I just well, that I've read, not heard, mm. called Kiro 7 News. They said, The nature and circumstances of the crime ensured investigators never forget about the victims, even if those detectives had yet to even be born when they died. You know, it's funny because you think about those cases and it seems so long ago. Mm-hmm. But that girl who was 16 when she died, she, she would have been my be alive. Par- she would have been my parents' age. Yeah. And my parents are healthy and strong and active. And they have had full lives. And to steal that from her and have never faced justice. And the worst part, I think, not even that he didn't get to serve time or, like, when he was alive be held accountable. I think the worst part is just 
there was literally no motive, it, motive except for he wanted to rape someone that day and that's it. That's the only thing that makes sense. Is he just... And it seems like a lot of these guys that start this crap, they start it when their wives are either pregnant or they just had a baby. Is there ever any cases that were similar that happened in other locations where this guy lived? No, because nothing. There was never any kind of communication between the police departments back in those days. They couldn't find anything. But like I said, a couple years between after that murder happened and then where he finally ended up in Missouri, they bounced around to several states. Yeah. Probably six or seven states. So, so every time he murdered somebody and they're... Very, very easily could. Like maybe if now that this is... Like I said, this just happened like six months ago. So like... Yeah. Who knows how many of these... Now that he's in the system, we yeah. might just be able to connect with CODIS and stuff. Yeah, if the other cold case officers are just as motivated and really want to go back and And that's what makes me so excited about things like this is because... Yeah, we solved this one cold case and he might be dead. But think of how many, if this guy really did go out and do this 12 more times, how many of these might just come back if somebody just reruns them? How many people might have already been convicted for those crimes that maybe True. didn't do True. them? True. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was, a, that was an interesting story. And I'm really happy that that officer came on board and just decided he was going to really look well, into it Well, I just it thought again. it was sweet that a lot of the, the whole thing couldn't have been done without a single one of the detectives put on this case because the first guy was like, okay, I'm on the cold case. Let me just at least use what I have now in this time period. Mm -hmm. And so he submits the vaginal swab for the last time and they find something. And then the next guy comes through and goes, okay, well, how about what we found in my time? It's just, I just love that. Like That's they, great. They work together like decades apart. <laughs> yeah. It's just too bad that it takes so long to get enough technology mm -hmm. that they can't solve it when it happens. And yeah. But that's a family thing of the past now. Luckily, we're not going to have that issue going forward, hopefully, as well, often. I hope the technology even continues to improve. Oh, for sure. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I doubt that we're going to have that many crimes that are 50 years without anything. For sure. I hope not, too. Although there are people that are just really careful, and they just know what to look for and what not to leave behind, so... All right, here's my story today. All right, what you bringing? I hate bullies. I hate uh, them so much. Yes, I do too. <laughs> they ruin people's lives. They destroy their peace of mind. And normally, they end up with no consequences at all. Mm -hmm. And you know, they start small. They start out in elementary school, and they're picking on a little kid who's got the, the cowlick, and his curly hair sticks up in the air. Mm -hmm. Not speaking from experience, but... <laughs> So anyway, mm -hmm. bullies suck. And stalkers are the very worst of the worst of bullies because it seems like 90% of the time, nothing happens to them. They may be spurned exes. They may have been turned down by a love interest. Sometimes they're exes that left the person they're stalking and they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. Mm -hmm. the, you know, and their ex wasn't supposed to go see other people. And sometimes they're just total strangers. Sometimes they just see somebody on the street and they suddenly become obsessed with that person and decide, that person is going to pay attention to them. No I can't what. decide which one is more horrifying, to be honest with you. They're all pretty horrifying if you're on the receiving end In different end ways, of this. yeah. Between November of 2020 and February of 2021, an unnamed woman in West Midlands, which is near... near it's near it's Birmingham. It's near It's near Birmingham. <laughs> near Birmingham in England, was okay. subjected to months of terroristic, threatening, and abusive stalking by a guy named 27-year-old... Well, no... He, he wasn't named. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I was like, what? <laughs> 
by 27-year-old Dylan Brierly. Okay. Brierly was an acquaintance of this woman who had just become obsessed with her. He was jealous of her relationship with 28-year-old Jordan O'Connor. Brierly would do things like he would follow her on the street, hurling misogynistic slurs at her. He threatened to bash her head in with a baseball bat. He threatened to kill her mother. He called and texted her phone thousands of times with abusive messages. He stalked her home. And he made her fearful enough to call 999, which is the UK version of 911, mm-hmm. nine times in a period of three months. And she fled her home in fear. She was just afraid he was going to kill her. That is so upsetting to me, the rules about stalking. We literally can't do anything to help you until they do something. Exactly. So I have to die for them to get punished? What the Seriously, because my next line is, in the UK, as in many other locations, it's very hard to legally keep a stalker away until they have acted on their threats of physical violence and actually harmed or killed their target. Jordan and the woman had had enough of it, and they refused to live in fear of what might be next, because this guy was really amping it up, chasing her down the street, screaming that he was going to bash her head in with a baseball bat. That seems like it's pretty threatening. I don't know. That seems like self-defense to me if I turn around and bash him. (laughs) Jordan contacted Briarly and said, hey, obviously you got things you want to say, so let's meet up in Chester Road and we'll settle our differences. Mm -hmm. Jordan didn't really think talking to Briarly was going to do anything, though. So he arrived. He was prepared. He was armed with two machetes. He was ready to end the harassment and stalking once and for all. Okay. So if the talking didn't work, I guess machetes will. There's plan B. So here's plan A. Here's plan B. I don't love plan B, but here we go. So they were talking. He ends up backing Briarly into a corner, and then he attacked him with the weapons. Mm-hmm. The attack left Briarly seriously injured, and one of the cuts came millimeters away from totally paralyzing him for the rest of his life, so it almost cut his spinal cord. Jordan O'Connor, now realizing, uh-oh, I've committed an arguably worse crime than what Briarly has done, although for far better reasons. Yeah, really. <laughs> he then ran off and he dumped his two machetes in a park down the road somewhere. Witnesses had seen the whole interaction, and parts of it were captured on the abundant CCTV that is everywhere in the UK. Oh, yeah, they have a lot there. <laughs> they do, so and I'm sure that's why, so they can catch these things. Mm-hmm. Only they had that in Jack the Ripper days, right? Seriously. So, <laughs> so Jordan was arrested for this assault. He ended up being sentenced to six years for his crime. And that's fair. I mean, you can't go attacking yeah. people with machetes. Vigilante justice is not always... Unless it's self-defense. Unless, I mean, if the yeah, guy that's... breaks into your house and you chop him with a machete, okay, he deserves that. Right. We had that story a couple weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> we have that story every night when I scare you with your machete. <laughs> get really good at sewing you back together <laughs> so jordan really believed that he was protecting the woman who, he, who was targeted and he was really just trying to keep her from getting hurt or killed because briarly was just going to keep going until something really terrible happened and, it, and jordan wanted to restore some peace of mind to her and her family but briarly who tried to use this attack as a reason for him to avoid penalty for his part in this whole drama he was also sentenced to prison so jordan got sentenced to six years, and he actually could have killed the guy. Right. Briarly was sentenced to two and a half years for his harassment, stalking, and causing fear of violence. Okay. So, since Briarly's stalking and terrorizing of his victim actually did have some pretty serious consequences in this case, both prison time and bodily injury, hopefully he has learned or will learn a lesson, because prison time is not easy. And since he was sentenced last October... In 2021, he'll have more than another two years to let it sink in. But what I wanted to talk about after this was, what can you do if you have a stalker? Okay, yeah. 
because uh, it's not it's not something for the elite. It's not something that just movie stars have. This is something that happens to people all the time. I read a statistic. I'm going to scroll to the end here and add this in. Okay. And I may repeat it at the end again. One out of every six women and one of every 19 men in the U.S. have been or will be stalked in their lifetime. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. Three out of four of them know their stalker in some capacity. Well, how many of them, I wonder, even know they were stalked? You know what I mean? That's a valid point, but I think they're only talking about the ones that do. That it, like, admitted to being stalked. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I'm just, that just terrifies me. If that's the people that knew they were being stalked, yeah. how many people so, are out there? I'm sure there are people who have been followed and spied on that had no clue that it was With even the internet, it's so easy anymore. Like <laughs> Yeah. Well, internet stalking, I don't know if that's in yeah, the I mean, same like, category. You could find things about them. You wouldn't have to necessarily follow them to their house like you would have back in the wouldn't 90s. Have, you but, wouldn't have to chase them down the road screaming that you're right, going to bash their brains in. Right. You wouldn't have to follow them to work to know where they work. You wouldn't have to. <laughs> right. So I did a little bit of research and here are some things that I have found that are recommended if you do have a stalker okay okay cease all forms of communication yeah never respond don't say leave me alone don't bite when they try to try to draw you in just save all their messages and comments that you receive as evidence of their harassment but do not respond back in any way at all okay that makes sense take all of their threats towards you seriously if it's a big threat if it's a little threat they're all threats and they are all to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Every threat should be reported or at least recorded to be reported to the police. And just because this person has never been violent in the past does not mean they won't be this time. Yeah, every violent offender has a first violent act. <laughs> every time they contact you, they're riling themselves up more and more. And mm-hmm. eventually they're going to become enraged and something is going to happen if you don't manage to get them off of your back. Three, do not allow them to manipulate you. Especially when you're dealing with people who are exes, ex-romantic partners, or people who have been infatuated with you and you don't return their interest, don't let them manipulate you. They will say they're going to kill themselves if you don't respond. If you don't allow them to have access to you, Mm -hmm. this is not your responsibility. This is total mind games that they're playing with you and they're playing on your empathy and you cannot let it get to you. Yeah, every time a guy or a girl, you dump and they say, I'm going to hurt myself in any way. Just remember, that's also the same shit Ted Bundy pulled to pull those girls into his VW Beatles. So yeah, that's right. Don't do that. <laughs> you did not cause this per- person's mental health issues, and being with them will not solve their mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, if you literally think they're going to kill themselves, but you don't even get yourself involved, send an ambulance to their house for them and then call it a day. That's what you can do. <laughs> like, seriously. Just don't let them know you sent it. Anonymously it, report that this person... That. They'll take that as, oh, you care about me. There's hope. Or if you send it, they'll realize, oh, shit, they took me seriously, and now I have a huge expensive (laughs) bill on my hands, and I am never going to do that again. All right. So number four, (laughs) keep your social media locked down. Mm-hmm. You know, we all post things on social media. Sometimes you don't realize that it's on public. Mm-hmm. You know, you post something that is public one time and it might default to that the next time. True. Yeah. So you should never be, if you are being stalked, you should not be posting anything that the general public can see. Make sure you've blocked your stalker at every possible social media platform that you use. Never post anything that says where you're going to be or with whom you're going to be there, even if it's set to friends only privacy. And learn to share less overall. Mm-hmm. Be generic. If you're if you want to share, you know, what's the one, the cat one? I can has cheeseburger. I can if you want to share those, 
you want to share a meme? Go for it. But don't say, oh, I'm going through this in my life, or Mm -hmm. I went on this trip. Don't give them any leverage to know that, be like, they are still a part of your life. Exactly. Just give them the ice out. Don't let them know anything. Reduce the number of casual acquaintances who have access to your social media. Mm -hmm. I probably have a hundred people on my Facebook that I went to high school with and I never have talked to. Yeah. But we went to high school together. I I knew who they were. Mm -hmm. They may have known who I was. Maybe not. I was kind of invisible in high school. But they are not really friends of mine. We just share one vignette of life where where we were in the same place at the same time, but they're not really friends. And you also have to think about if this person is really trying to get to you, they might see who are our mutual friends. Maybe I can be like, hey, Tony, that we went to high school with, can you like check on my ex's profile? I'm just wondering if she's seeing anybody. Like, you know? Right. Bottom line of that one is if you don't know people well enough to really trust them, then don't trust them. Right. And don't accept things from people you don't know, especially if you're being stalked. (laughs) Be certain that your family and friends are aware that this person is stalking you Mm -hmm. and that it is serious. Yeah. Because they might think you're bragging. They might think, oh, you're trying to make yourself seem important because you think this person's obsessed with you. Well, they might not take it as seriously as it actually is. And if they were run run into this person and they like this person, they might say, oh, Bailey thinks you're obsessed with her. That's ridiculous, isn't it? I hate people like that who just can't take a freaking clue. (laughs) They don't know because they've never experienced it and they don't understand how dangerous that can be for someone who really does have a stalker. Mm -hmm. Your support network should understand the gravity of the situation and they should not be telling anybody anything about you, Mm -hmm. anything that's going on in your life, your activities, your situation, and especially on social media, because if you're going to have yours locked down, they need to completely not be saying a word about you there. Six, create a plan for how you can protect yourself. And this might mean self-defense classes. It might mean some sort of a weapon, but only if you're properly trained to use it and you can respond with it in a manner that's not going to endanger you. Get you you hurt, yeah. (laughs) That's right. This might include pepper spray or stun guns. You can create codes for you to communicate with your family or friends that you need help. That something is wrong. Yeah. That's right. If you have children and you think there's any chance that this might ever come to your home, you need to teach your children how to recognize when something is going wrong Mm -hmm. and where they can hide and who they should go to if there is any danger that arises. Because if someone comes to your house to attack you, then your children might be in crossfire. So just be aware that it's not only you that's at danger if you have a stalker. Vary your daily routines, your routes, your schedules to keep them from knowing exactly where you're going to be and when you're going to be there. Always keep your head on a swivel. And I have friends who say this, and I always kind of chuckled when they say it, but it's such a good strategy. Never be somewhere that you're not aware of what's going on around you. Be alert. If you have someone who could be following you, assume they're following you and look for them. Yeah. I mean, don't look like a crazy person, like giving everybody the evil eye. I say absolutely look like a crazy person. If you have somebody stalking you, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'll be looking you dead in the eyes and like looking you head to toe and then be like, all right, you're safe. I don't know if you can even say it then. But avoid being alone. You know, don't don't spend most of your time alone because that makes you vulnerable. If you feel you're being followed... Don't continue on to your original destination. Yeah. You know, stop. Go to the... Go to a bar. Go to the nearest place. Go somewhere where there are people. That's right. Go to a place where you're going to be around crowds and arrange to be picked up from there from a safe person. Mm -hmm. Learn how to deal with a physical attack 
in the safest manner possible. And for for most women who have taken self-defense classes, I've heard experts say a self-defense class is not going to be 100% effective. No, for sure. You know, because Absolutely. when you're panicking, you're not going to remember, oh, I got to get my elbow up there and all that stuff. You're not going to remember all those perfect moves well, it's kind of like panic. If you think about every CPR class, anybody that we've talked about this before, <laughs> but every time you take a CPR class, you're like, this is so easy. And then I know if somebody just dropped to the ground and I had to do CPR at a snap, I would be like, how the hell do I do CPR again? Because I don't remember. <laughs> well, I like, hope you'd remember enough to at least kind of get the right stuff. It might take on. me a couple beats, literally, <laughs> to get there. The order of escalation when you are being attacked. The first thing, we did some first responder training at my company, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly not a first responder, but I do remember them saying, the order that you should try to do things is run mm-hmm. if you can run. Hide if you must hide. Fight if you can't avoid it. Okay. So this means if you're attacked and you have any ability to get away, then get away. Do not stop until you're in a safe place and call police. Don't call your mom first. Don't call your husband. Don't call your best friend and say, oh my God, he was here and he chased me. Call 911. That's what that number's for. Yeah, your mom's not going to pull up with an AK-47. It's crazy when when you hear people who were in these horrible situations. Oh, yeah, I called my boyfriend. What the hell is he going to do? I called my boyfriend and asked him what to do. What do you think they're going to tell you? (laughs) He's going to say, hang on, I called my boyfriend, you idiot. Okay, so B, if you're unable to get away, if you can't run away, then try to find a place to hide where you're not going to be seen so that you can call 911. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, time is of the essence. Don't call your best friend. Don't call me. I may love you, but don't call me. Call 911. They well, can help you and they can find you. Only time I'm going to call you is after I've already called 911 and I'm hiding in the house and you're somewhere in the house also not knowing that this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Then a text might do. All right, but then call 911. Okay. If you can't run and there's nowhere to hide, then you may have to fight. Mm -hmm. Shout at your attacker. Try to attract attention. Try to get someone else to notice that something's going on and try to get someone to come and help you. If you have to fight, if they come up and they've grabbed you, you absolutely do not have to fight fair. No. I mean, no. don't think to yourself, oh God. I don't want to hurt them. The idea of gouging somebody's eyeballs is so creepy and disgusting. You know what? If somebody's trying to kill me, fuck his eyeballs. They're coming right out. Excuse me, (laughs) all the people who disapprove, but that's that's Testicles? Look, I'm going to be all right if you leave here with or without them, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully without (laughs) But if you're the one being attacked and you have a responsibility to get out of it alive, Uh you do anything that is going to give you the benefit of getting away from this person. And just remember, it wasn't your choice to have this fight. They put themselves in this position. They get what they got. So Exactly. Just like the guy who got macheted. Just like the guy who got the He may not have put himself exactly in that condition, but he I don't feel what bad for him. What did he think he was going to get when... Kick him in the groin, gouge out their eyes, hit him with a rock, pull out handfuls of their hair, protect your own vulnerable areas Snap their as much as you possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, sorry. But you also have those same vulnerable areas. Mm-hmm. So protect your throat, your stomach, your eyes, and your groin. Yes. And if you knee him in the groin, you don't have to stand there and kill the guy. You just need to knee him in the groin until he's doubled over and then you run away because mm-hmm. you always default back as soon as the first one becomes an option use it exactly you probably should 
especially if you have a stalker, you should take defense classes. Mm -hmm. Because even though you're not going to perfectly execute these moves and these strategies that they are giving you, you need to have some some level of understanding of what would be the strategies, Mm -hmm. even if you can't perfectly follow through on them. So especially if they have a weapon, you need to take classes that teach you how to respond in case somebody does have a weapon. Mm-hmm. If somebody is coming at you with a knife, well, gouging their eyes out probably isn't going to be an option. Unless you have a really long stick. <laughs> if you do, maybe you should get in the habit of carrying a really long <laughs> stick. <laughs> but it is a potential situation that you should prepare yourself mentally right. for. So go do it. Learn these strategies. Don't tell yourself that this is never going to happen to you. One out of six women and one out of every 19 men, mentioned it a few minutes ago, in this country, in the U.S., where we are, have been or will be stalked in their lifetime. Think about that. I think that's worse than the the statistics for breast cancer, isn't it? One out of seven women get breast cancer, and women are terrified of breast cancer. One out of six women are going to be stalked in their lifetime. That's horrifying. Three out of four of them know their stalker. And the majority of those stalkers are former romantic partners, like 66% of them. So I wanted to leave with this last bit of information. If you find yourself with a stalker, you can contact the Stalking Resource Center two ways. Online, they are at victimsofcrime.org slash stalking hyphen resource hyphen center or by phone at 8554-VICTIM and they would have all kinds of resources. They can have advice that you can follow up on and hopefully find some way to rid yourself of a stalker because it's a horrifying situation and it ends in terrible tragedy for way too many people. Yeah. Way too many people. So that's all the energy I've got for stalkers today. Well, that was very informative. Thank you. It's good to know. It makes sense that they have a website. I just never thought about, like, if, let's say, your ex-boyfriend was on your phone plan, now he's stalking you and can see your phone history and that you called the stalker helpline, that might not go so well. So it's nice yeah. to know that there are options. <laughs> there are options. Yes. What about you? Did you want to leave us with something? Um, lighthearted today? Well, I kind of wanted to start. I didn't write it down here. But did you hear about the Betty White challenge happening? I did not. For her Live birthday? to be 99 and almost 100. <sighs> we can all hope. <laughs> <laughs> but the Betty White challenge happened on her birthday back in January where they made it a challenge. Everybody donate $5 to some kind of animal charity or oh, like awesome. hospital. And they that. got like over $2 million dollars. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. I just think that was super sweet. That makes my day. Doesn't it? Yeah, because you know I'm a softie for all animals. Yeah, it's like the people who are like, in in lieu of flowers, donate to the animals. Like, I I just think that's so Betty White that she would have loved that. Let me correct that. I am a softie for all animals except that goddamn squirrel in the attic. All right, I'm a little bit of a a softie for the squirrel. but I don't know how to get him out of there. Nothing. I'm going to have to tear the wall open. Have you tried, like, a fishing line in the chimney with a bunch of nuts? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm after, not doing that, just for the record. Well, maybe I'll try that this weekend. <laughs> the nut line. <laughs> Can you imagine me sitting up there with a fishing line just waving to the neighbors as they come home? Okay, so I tried to find... Some fun facts for you this week, but it didn't go that well. So I have two. I hope it's not as bad as the Florida man (laughs) one last time. (laughs) There's no death of animals this week. Oh, thank goodness. And no punching of children. (laughs) So I think we can only go up from there, really. (laughs) 
It's really, yeah, that's kind of the basis. <laughs> okay, so I literally went through like 10,000 facts for you. For these two, the only two that were actually any good to me. <laughs> Uh, the first one, dumb, but, uh, did you know that Samsung and other phone companies have a butt-shaped robot to test the durability and bending capabilities of the new phones? <laughs> I never thought about For it. For people who carry it around in their back pocket. For your back pocket, they, they put it in the back pocket of the butt of the robot, and it just sits down over and over and over to make sure it doesn't break. Do they have multiple sizes and shapes of butts, or is it just, like, one butt fits all? That's a great question. I didn't look that far into it. I was just like, huh. <laughs> I wrote it down. It also depends on how tight your pants are. That's true. And No, that is an interesting thing, though. I had no idea. I never thought about it. I mean, it makes perfect sense why it would. <laughs> I just always figured it was like those... Have you been to Ikea? Yeah, you've been to Ikea with me. But you know those like displays yeah. they have where it shows you how reliable the Ikea furniture is? And they have that little presser machine that just keeps... I don't think I saw that. I've yeah. only been to Ikea once, but... They're not really in my taste. It's funny. I've been to Ikea probably about 15 times in my life. And every single time, the only thing I have ever bought was one cubicle for my closet. One time. And all the other 14 times, I only came out with a cactus. <laughs> I could have just gone to Home Depot. How many cacti do you have now? That are currently still alive. How do you kill a cactus? I come down to Atlanta for a couple years and forget. <laughs> All right, and I trust you to take care of my kidney failure cat. That seems like something could go wrong. To be fair, she screams a lot more when she eats something than the cat I do. <laughs> That's a valid point. Yes. All right, so the last fact, it's more of a story. I will tell you, I just thought it was the cutest, funniest thing. So there was a Russian experiment happening a couple years ago where it was, I think, before smartphones and all that. Back when SMS texting was, like, the only way that they could, like, track things. They were do they didn't have, I don't know what year this was. They didn't have the things where they microchip animals and see where they go. Okay. So they attached some kind of SMS transmitter to 13 eagles, right? Okay. And the whole thing was about, like, the conservation of eagles and trying to research putting like, strangly things on their necks i don't think it was on their necks okay. i think on it was foot, like probably, probably it, on their foot it might have been like a harness i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i imagine i'm going around with like a santa claus belt <laughs> imagine you look out the window there's just an eagle with a camera on its back like <laughs> anyway so they attached the 13 eagles to see where they would end up how they migrated all that kind of stuff their behavior patterns however one of those eagles Actually, after about a month, he went out of range and just disappeared for five months. And they had no idea. They just kind of assumed maybe he died, fell into the ocean or something. We don't know where he went. All right. He just stopped sending signals back or text messages. It would come across as a text message if he had any kind of like update. Okay. However, five months later, they received all the text messages from those five months at one. Oh my god. <laughs> Turns out the eagle had wandered somewhere into the airs of Iran and it was blocked. <laughs> the messages were blocked going outward towards the scientists. <laughs> and once he came back into the range of their towers, they received hundreds and hundreds, thousands of text messages from their missing eagle. And the roaming fees <laughs> came to be... ship fail. <laughs> <laughs> the roaming charges came back. They were so substantial they had to file bankruptcy on Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> so the whole Eagle Conservancy. Okay, they had to cancel the whole damn thing because this Eagle. This one rogue Eagle. <laughs> oh my god. 
I just thought that was cute. That's, it, I don't know if it's, it's cute. It's only cute because it's, that eagle had no damn idea what he was doing. He was well, just being an eagle. He probably has a girlfriend in Iran. And she's like, oh, you never come to see me anymore. He's like, don't worry, my parents are never going to find out about this. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. It's funny in a sad kind of a way. It's funny, like I said, I hope none of them lost their house or anything because of it, but... Well, that's all I got for you this week. I'm sorry. I hope you enjoyed that. That's pretty good. I hope I wasn't too vociferous when I was going through the stalking recommendations. No, it's good. I feel real strongly about this. I feel like a lot of people, you don't think about it till it happens to you, and then it's like call the police, call the local sheriff. You know, that's so. It's kind of like any project, I guess. You start Mm -hmm. with data collection. You just keep track of everything. Make a make a record of everything that they do, Mm -hmm. and. Just keep going. And I think your point about get your family, let them know, hey, I'm not just saying this dude from work is stalking me to be cute and like, yeah, and uh, it's not flattering it. to me. Yeah, I'm scared. Literally yeah. say I am scared. Like, yeah. this isn't. Yeah, nobody wants a stalker. So if somebody's acting flirty because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this guy loves me. He's so into me. That's not the same that's not and even if they do just kind of if a friend of yours comes to you and says hey this dude's been acting kind of weird and even if they don't seem concerned be concerned for them because a lot of times i have a lot of friends where i'm like you don't take it seriously i'm gonna be watching him when you he's around though because i don't well also <laughs> don't like people that. will be really self-conscious to bring it up to you mm-hmm. they don't want to look flaky they don't want to look like they're making a big deal out of nothing so they might downplay it themselves and it's just like you just said like they don't want people to think, oh, they're flaunting it. They're being, they're bragging about how hot they are and how attractive and wantable they are. No. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody, nobody wants that behavior from yeah. somebody else. And if you're somebody who's thinking about chasing somebody around and think that they're going to be flattered by it. Download Tinder because you know what? There is somebody for everybody and Tinder is the place. If you... Don't stalk people from Tinder either. Don't stalk anybody. Well, if you get shot down, just walk away. Somebody else somewhere mm-hmm. will be interested in you. But you don't get to chase people around just because they're not interested in you. And if you do, guess what? Their boyfriend just might corner you in a park with a machete. And two machetes. With two machetes. One for each arm. <laughs> and almost sever your spine. All right. We've beat this dead horse. It's time to go. Okay. Well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to rate and review now that we're... Now that we really have a podcast <laughs> and we're not just sitting here talking to each other all, all day on Friday. Yes. Awesome. I'm, I'm sad we don't have our wine glasses. We could have cheered to happy here, your plastic day? one? My plastic cup. Can you be... Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> This is so pathetic. (laughs) Sad sound I've ever heard. Bye, Bye, guys.